Welcome to Talkin' Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Ryan Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. And I will do the last half of this program in entirely in Spanish. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. Today, what happens 60 seconds after you die? Brian digs into this topic, followed by conversation and some encouragement for your day with Dan and his wife, Kara Whitney. Now, here's Brian. So what happens 60 seconds after you die? There's no shortage of opinions about what happens immediately after you die. There are books written about near-death experiences and claims by people who say they went to heaven or they went to hell. We hear stories of people seeing a bright light or seeing loved ones who have died. I really don't know what is true and what is not. But what I do know is that we should not base our beliefs on other people's experiences. As we discussed in the first two episodes, the key to understanding life after death is to understand the resurrection of Jesus. One poll taken years ago indicated that while most Christians say they believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus, they don't believe we will have bodies in heaven. That represents a failure to connect our resurrection from the dead with the resurrection of Jesus. His resurrection is our prototype. He is leading the way. Just as Jesus physically, bodily rose from the dead, so shall we. The Bible promises that one day God will usher in a new heaven and earth, which will be our eternal home with Jesus. This earth will be renewed, and we will live on this renewed earth with our physical bodies resurrected and restored. The bigger mystery is our status when we as Christians die now, before the new earth is ushered in. In other words, we're clear about our eternal home, but less clear about what happens now when we die. I sometimes refer to this as the intermediate heaven. Now, to be clear, I'm not referring to some sort of purgatory. I don't believe that's the case. The work of salvation was finished by Jesus on the cross. We're simply talking about an intermediate heaven until the final resurrection and the earth is restored. There are some New Testament passages, such as Luke 16 or Revelation 6, that seem to give us some clues about what that intermediate heaven might be like. It does seem like we are aware and conscious of what is going on around us, it does seem like we are aware of our identity as well as the identity of those around us. So we have memories. The New Testament uses the term sleep for the death of a believer to capture the idea that we are not permanently dead, but rather will awaken on the other side of death. But the term is not intended to mean some sort of soul sleep after death. There are too many Bible passages that contradict that idea. We are clearly awake, aware, and engaged in the presence of Jesus after death. Do we have a body in the intermediate state? I'm guessing yes, 
but it's hard to be sure. Remember, this is in between our death and the final resurrection of our bodies. For certain, your current body will be resurrected and made whole in the new heaven and earth as your eternal home. The only question mark is right now in this time of the intermediate heaven. So will we be aware? Yes. Will we know our loved ones from this life? Yes. Will we have memories from this life? Certainly. Will we be with Jesus? Yes. Will we be aware of what is happening to people on earth? I think to some degree, yes. I'm going to say probably more than most people think. I am not aware of any biblical passage that would say we're not aware, and there are several texts that seem to hint that we will be, at least to some degree, aware of what is happening on earth. For example, in Revelation 6, the people in heaven with Jesus are clearly aware of what's happening on earth. They even talk to Jesus about it. And Hebrews 12 suggests that those who have already died in Jesus fill the seats in the arena to cheer on those who are still running the race. I'm really not sure what the point of that imagery would be if people in heaven could not actually see the runners on earth. There are some other examples, but you get the idea. I believe in the intermediate heaven, you will be with Jesus and more engaged in the mission than ever before. Right now, Jesus is concerned with his bride, the church, and her mission. If you are with Jesus, wouldn't that be what you would focus on as well? I mean, what else would you be doing? You certainly would not be off on a cloud playing a harp disconnected from what's on the heart of Jesus. I find it very motivating to imagine that the great heroes of the faith are watching me and cheering me on as I run my race. One day I will join them in the bleachers to cheer on the next generation of runners until Jesus returns and ushers in his final victory. One thing is for sure, Whatever happens 60 seconds after you die, you will not be disappointed. So let's bring in Dan and Kara, and let's talk about this. So when people throw around the term heaven, usually what they mean is where we go immediately. So it's helpful to uh, delineate between the new heaven, the new earth, which is our final destination, and if I died today, where I would be until the return of Christ and the resurrection of my body. So there's kind of this in-between state, in-between, I call it the intermediate heaven, that's the most unclear, in my opinion. Uh, so it's interesting to think about, speculate, try to understand what we can about the time period. So what what uh, what thoughts or questions do you have about that? Man, honey, do you want to start that? I'll be honest. You know, I uh, this is uh, I never really thought about it. I just uh, you know I thought about you know just going to heaven and getting to heaven, and I never really thought about the intermediate part. But obviously, you go like you said, you go somewhere. I mean, look, I just wrote a fart joke last week, so I mean that's my thought process. <laughs> I'm actually you know. <laughs> writing a book right now on Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I like it so much. 
when I finally made that choice to go, Jesus, I want you. Come on into my life. I imagined my Aunt Julie cheering for me. She's in heaven already. And <clears throat> I just love that. That's how much God loves us. Like when just this one individual person in Nebraska, this girl from a small town who has completely messed up in so many ways, but heaven cheering for me to make that choice. It just, the magnitude of that, the love Jesus has for us individually is, uh, is amazing. So when you make that choice, just know uh, that's how much God loves you. But he also respects the choices of people who don't want that. I've met people in my life, and, and I actually know someone who I believe did not want a relationship with God here. He desired to be his own God. He died. And I've heard from his daughter uh, to let me know that he had passed away. How do you talk to people? Now, for me, I'm just trying to build her faith because one thing I had to reconcile is I know when I get there, there's going to be people who aren't going to make that choice. I've just concluded that I'll be in 100% agreement with what God has for us there. And, I, and I'm okay with that. But when you are doing a service for someone, if you're speaking to people and they go, I just don't know if they're there. What do you say? Yeah, that's a great question. So one of the things is we, we trust God. Mm-hmm. We trust that he loves them more than we love them. And at some point, you just have to trust God with that. Uh, I've had many times where in sharing the gospel at a funeral of someone that appeared to be an unbeliever and people come to Christ and actually find great peace in that. So you'd have to say that's the Spirit of God because part of what they're understanding is I don't think my loved one understood that, but I understand it. And you can see how difficult that that situation is. But the other thing I've I've told people many times over the years is at the end of the day, you don't know that. Because of the message of grace, if one minute before your loved one died, they changed their mind, kind of like the thief on the cross, and gave their heart to Jesus, then God forgives them and he saves them. So you don't know what happens in those final minutes, and you just have to trust God with that. But we, we don't know for sure who's, who's lost. And so people can find comfort. If it was a works-based salvation, then they would be lost. Right. But because of grace, it is possible that they receive Christ as the final thing they do in this life. And, well, that, is, and that is hard. People who live their life in this works-based way, they do not like deathbed confessions. They do not think they are fair. Right. 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 So, it's not fair. Yeah. But it's, it, that's the whole point. It's grace. Right. Well, I was just going to say, I, you know, it's like when the question was posed, it's like the 60 seconds after we die, we don't know what it's going to be like, but it's going to be fantastic. I'm kind of with care on that. It's like I don't really care what it is. I'm just thankful that I trusted Jesus and that I'm going to be in heaven with him. So I'm sure whatever that after 60 seconds is, it's going to be awesome. 
I don't really concern myself with what it is. I no longer get happy with it, whatever it is. So I do know that when Jesus was resurrected and he walked, he had his own physical body. So we're going to be just like him. So the Bible says you're going to have your own physical body. So obviously we're going to have our own physical body. Yeah, in the new heaven and earth. Right, in the new heaven and earth. But that that part in between, that's what we're talking about. Yes. I don't know either. Yeah. I have no idea, but it's just like Kara said. I'm just happy that I put my faith in Jesus and that whatever it is, it's going to be fantastic. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, so one of the, like if you've sat at the bedside of someone you love, right. so I've sat at the bedside and I watched my dad die, watched my mom die, we had a granddaughter die, had my son-in-law die. It's Boy, like what a in, lighthearted show this one is, huh? <laughs> In, in those moments, you know, there's this reality that one moment they're here and the next moment they're gone. That's just an empty shell. And I think that's where it really stirs around thoughts of what is it like? What are they doing? Do they see me? Will they remember me? You know, there's such a deep sense of loss. But going back to Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, the passage that Kara's writing her book about, that's one of my favorites because I find it so motivating to believe these people that that I so loved and cherished are in the bleachers and they're rooting me on. And I want to run the best race I can. Right. And then it'll be my turn to, to climb into the stands and cheer the next generation. Absolutely. You know, when, when my grandma was passing away, I'll never forget, she would... Uh, talk to people from her childhood actual conversations they're in her bed looking somewhere looking straight ahead away from everybody else and having a conversation and we would come in and kind of like i remember one time i went in in the morning and say something to her and every morning she would be upset that she didn't go be with jesus hmm. she literally was she literally one time said uh I thought I thought tonight uh, last night was the night. Well, you know I got to get out of here. <laughs> I mean, but she was excited about it. That, I think that is one of the cool. That's such a cool thing, you know. Other than some people in their deathbed, they're just fighting for that last breath. I mean, when you have a when you're talking to somebody that is a Christian and they're ready. I mean, it's. Kind of different, you know? I mean, I mean, kind of, it's a big difference. Yeah, a big difference. I mean, I mean, she was disappointed. Yeah. I mean, every day she woke up, she was disappointed. And then you'd be there, but she'd be talking to, you know, Helen from 1926. <laughs> I've wondered sometimes, too, just by, like, the expression on people's faces in those final hours and minutes, it's like, what is God allowing? Are they getting glimpses into where they're going? So like the story of Stephen, when he was stoned, he actually sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. So there's some biblical support for the right. possibility that people are actually seeing into the the dwelling place of Jesus where they're going before they leave this earth uh, I just think there's a lot we don't really know Maybe or understand. Is. Maybe it's just one big, huge bleacher. <laughs> <laughs> you go to the bleacher. I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. I don't know. All I know is I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I'm trusting Jesus. That's all I know. 
I just know. I also have a podcast with CEO Arnie Cole, and we just talked to somebody that... I don't believe I've heard it. What is it again? It's called Go Closer. Uh, I just want to say, though, one thing, that we just spoke to somebody. Her name is Erin, and she talks about her mom. Her mom was passing away and how her mom uh, would say, I see him in those hands, in those hands. And as she's passing away... um, I, I love that because, again, it goes to that Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and it's an encouragement to me. It's, it says to me, this is real. Keep going. Keep running. And that's the hope we have as believers. But I also, the show is about going closer, so we didn't focus on that because I think sometimes that takes away from the whole glory of God, what he did for us on the cross, talking about the resurrection. I love Jesus because of what he's done for me in my life. I mean, the joy I find, even in the darkness, I grow closer to him. I don't want people to go, I'm just going to love Jesus for the benefit of going to heaven. There is so much more. When you invite him into your life, just the richness and the fulfillment that you're going to get here on earth. And so I... I would say these are awesome stories, and I love hearing them. And I do believe them, some of them. I believe some of them. You know, when they become whole books and movies, I start to go, I don't know about that. But who am I to say, right? But listen, there's so much more to Jesus than just that benefit of making the grade and getting to the other side. And that's running that race with him next to you, him him cheering you on at the right hand of the Father. I mean, that is awesome. Honey, you're really good at this. You're good at this. You know what? And you're hot, too. That's what makes the whole package come You know what I got? My nickname for him is Beady because of his sweet Beady eyes. Oh, that's really cute. I totally agree with everything you just said. I do think oftentimes the way we present the gospel is we make it about a place. Mm -hmm. This one, two, three, here's how to go to heaven rather than a person. Heaven is only heaven because Jesus is there. Right. And ultimately, as you're saying, the, the gospel is about a relationship with a person that begins now and uh, reaches its, its uh, fulfillment in the presence of Jesus forever. But we, we, don't, we don't wait to go to a place. We engage now in a relationship with a person that gives our life meaning and purpose. Absolutely. Accept Jesus now, and all this can be yours. <laughs> for free. <laughs> for free. We're not even charging for it. That's the thing. That's all for today's Talk and Truth. To request your copy of Brian's book, Life After Death, visit talkandtruth.com. That's talk, letter N, truth.com. Brian and Dan will be back Talk and Truth next week, so be sure to subscribe. Get it done.